Ready to dominate at the plate? Blast Baseball is trusted by more major league and college teams than any other hitting solution. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 at checkout to save $25. All right, everybody, it is 9 o'clock. Let's get right into it. We do this show every Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern on X Spaces. I'm Alan Gay, and this is Now D1 Speaks. We've got a great show for this evening, man. It's a show that I've absolutely been looking forward to. We've got assistant coach with Cal State Fullerton. He's a former MLB scout. We've got Josh Belovsky with us. Hey, Josh, are you there? I'm here, Alan. Hey, man, thank you so much for joining. I think we're going to have a fantastic night tonight. Hey, why don't you kind of get things started for us and uh, just kind of give us an idea. Where did did you play baseball? And ultimately, what really kind of got you into scouting and coaching? Well, first off, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I grew up in Southern California, and obviously, you know, it's a great place for baseball. Um, Growing up, I was exposed to – a lot of great programs and, um, you know, MLB teams and just had a love for the game. And I was uh, fortunate enough to play beyond high school, obviously um, not quite ready for the division one level, but I did play junior college baseball, which is out here in Southern California as well. So I played at Orange Coast College um, for one year. And then my second year I was injured. And then I transferred over to Cypress College and played there, and then eventually went to Texas Tech. And then my senior year, I played at the University of Kansas. So I kind of was a bit of a vagabond, Um, you know, got to experience some different programs, different coaches, which I think helped, you know, lead me to where I am now, but also give me an opportunity to incorporate, um, you know, a lot of those skill sets and philosophies that those guys had and kind of make it my own. But, um, yeah, and then once I got done playing, um, I actually did not get drafted, which I was hoping to, um, and started a coaching career when I was, you know, right out of college. I started coaching over at Orange Coast College with John Altabelli, um, who's no longer with us, but um, I got an opportunity with him and then went and coached a summer ball team and was able to pitch a little bit just because they didn't really have any rules on that even though I didn't have any eligibility. And then I came back and tried out for a independent ball team through well, and then signed with the Red Sox. So my coaching career got derailed for about four years when I played pro ball and then uh, got back into it once I was done playing. Man, that's a big time rundown. Thank you so much. So, all right. So you were a pitcher. I was. All right. So right-handed, left-handed, right-handed, Right-handed, kind of give us just some measurements, man. When you came out of high school, what was your height and weight? I was. Can you a, remember? <laughs> yeah, I can because I was I was uh, pretty much you know a fungo. I was six three, one hundred sixty five pounds, um, through probably about eighty eighty three miles an hour. But I could really pitch, spin a curveball. Um, you know, just kind of had a knack to know how to pitch. Uh, just didn't have that, you know, the velocity that I needed for, you know, to be a D1 pitcher at that time. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, hey, the 6-3 piece was huge. So I've got to ask you, all right, so man, all right, so you went through your entire college career, came back, kind of coached a year, then did a little bit of pitching, 
which led to the independent league, which actually ultimately led back to the pros. So this is, gosh, six years after you graduate high school, seven years, something like that. Mm Kind of give us a feel when you first went to the Red Sox. Give us some measurements then. What was your height and weight at that point? I finally had reached 200 pounds. So I got some man strength. Um, you know, I finally developed, I was just, you know, one of those kids, I was a late bloomer, um, you know, which happens a lot. You know, you see a lot of guys that commit early and they're usually the bigger, stronger, more physical kids. And then the ones that are, you know, weaker and not quite, um, at that physical maturity level, you know, they, they pass a lot of those guys. And I, that's, that was the case for me. I was able to, you know, continue to play at a level, and continue to get better, and then finally, you know, maximize once I did get that man strength. <laughs> I love that. And, and what was your velocity at that point as well, just as you were signing with the Red Sox? Um, <clears throat> well, it's funny. I'd always been a starting pitcher, and they kind of, an independent ball, transitioned me into being a closer. So I was never, you know, a flamethrower. I was always a pitchability guy. Um, I learned a split-finger fastball that was kind of my bread and butter. Um, I think, you know, I kind of missed that <laughs> the track man days and all that stuff where right. you know, I might have been an outlier type, but um, I was able to gain a little bit of velocity on a good day. I'd be 93, but I was a sinker guy. So I'd sit in that 90, 92 range, uh, throw that split finger and just get guys to pound the ball on the ground. Man, I love it. That's good stuff right there. Thank you so much. So I'm just trying to make sure I've kind of got the ages right. So about the time you would have hit the Red Sox, you would have been maybe 23-ish, 24. Yeah. And then, yeah. Okay, perfect. And you were there four years, so maybe around 28 was when you transitioned out of pro ball? Yeah, I got two years of the Red Sox, uh, sniffed double-A for a minute, um, was actually a Florida State League all-star pitcher. Um, you know, it was just kind of getting where, like you said, I was getting older um, I was starting, um, got married, was beginning a family and just felt like it wasn't fair to my wife and my, my future daughter that, you know, I'm running around chasing her dream and she's there trying to raise our, our family. So um, I, I played one, one last year up in Chico for um, Charlie Kerfeld, who was a, a major league pitcher and did well there. And he was telling me I'd have an opportunity to sign with another organization, but I was just, I was ready to, to get my life going and get my coaching career going. And, and that's what I did. I went back and went back to Cyprus and coached one year and then ended up at Orange Coast College back over there as the pitching coach and recruiting coordinator. And then, um, you know, and then the last one, the scouting ended up um, going that route. Okay. Well, thank you so much. So did you go straight from Orange Coast to like the Brewers or was, was there some steps that were in between that? No, um, I was, you know, they, they have associate scouts, which, which is kind of a bird dog. It's not a paid position. I was doing that for the Rockies a little bit. I would I always had interest in scouting. Just, you know, you gotta, gotta know someone, get your foot in the door. And, um, you know, with the Brewers, it was a situation that they had an opening, the area scout that had the Southern California area was promoted and he was looking, you know, for some candidates and my name had had popped up a couple of times. So he sought me out and, um, you know, it was an opportunity where I could, you know, work one job. I was, you know, working in Orange Coast, running the Connie Mack team, working for a city, running their softball league. So I had three jobs going. I was working on a master's degree 
So to be able to take on one job, um, you know, that, that seemed like the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Of course you had a family as well. So how old were you at that point when you, when you really transitioned over to, to the Brewers? To the Brewers, I want to say I was 30. I was in my early 30s um, when, I, when I joined the Brewers, and I was with them for 15 years. So, um, Wow. Okay. That is a long, obviously a very, very long time. But, man, so let me ask you something. Did you get your master's, or did it really just not even need to come into play at that point? No, I actually did finish. That was part of the when I got hired. I said, "Hey, I'm in this master's program, and uh, you know, I'm almost done." And and they were okay because the classes were on Monday nights, and there wasn't a lot going on that you know, games or anything on Mondays. So I was able to uh, balance it out and get it done. So uh, it's you know definitely an accomplishment that I was proud of. You know, being able to get done. That's a huge accomplishment. I mean, that's something that you'll be able to carry on to your daughter that you were talking about. And I don't know if you've had other kids as well, but my goodness, that's setting a standard right there. And I know that you're aware of this, Josh. I mean, our core audience is really uncommitted high school, college transfer players that are really looking for an opportunity to, to continue their career or get to the next level, whatever it may be. But ultimately one of the big pieces that really drives them is academics. I mean, and you can speak to this, I know, it doesn't matter how talented you are or how good you are. I mean, at some point, your career is going to end in baseball or really any sport. And that degree, that's going to take you so far. And the lessons, there's just the life lessons that you learn in a sport, especially like baseball. It just gives you the opportunity to really flourish and to, and to just kind of be a productive person. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm just so impressed that you continue down that path and, and got your master's masters as well can i can i take it that you so you graduated your undergraduate was it at kansas or was it at texas tech no um honestly it was at cal state fullerton um i came i came back home after kansas and you know got back into coaching and and knew i needed to get my undergrad degree and, and fullerton was right up the road so i i came and ironically got my degree in kinesiology from cal state fullerton Man, that's so awesome. I tell you what, man, exercise science type degree like that, that's big time. That's a ton of biology. What did you get your master's in? Uh, it was coaching and athletic administration. So, um, you know, that was that was the goal from before I got into scouting is I wanted to be a, a coach. And um, so while I was doing my master's, that was the path I was going on. And now full circle, you know, I'm using it. Man, that's big time. Man, thank you so much. I know that, hey – for anybody that's kind of dialing in, thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you for supporting uh, Coach Belovsky as well. And, and I know, you know what, uh, we don't know each other. You know, I reached out and just said, hey, do you want to hop on this uh, podcast? And, and Coach Belovsky was just uh, gracious enough to say, yes, absolutely, I'm going to do it. And he had no idea that I was going to kind of walk through, how did you get to this point right here? And I got to tell you, man, I really appreciate that rundown. Just gives us a sense of who you are and the type of person you are. So, man, thank you so much. That, that was really big time stuff. Um, as you're talking about your coaching philosophy and kind of how, you know, how it's developed over the years, talk to us just a little bit about that philosophy and really how it aligns with Cal State Fullerton. Well, I think, you know, Fullerton's got a tradition um, that goes way beyond. I mean, started with Augie Garrido, 
and all the great coaches that have been here, Coach Horton, Coach Vanderhoek, Coach Serrano. Um, you know, we're not trying to do anything different other than what, you know, the groundwork that they laid. Um, I think, you know, to be a Titan's always kind of been a badge of honor. And for me to be here as one of the coaches and one of the leaders, uh, you know, I'm just so appreciative of what they did. And for us, you know, like I said, it's just to be a Titan is just about, you know, working hard, putting your, putting your head down, uh, paying attention, doing the little things, the details, um, you know, just playing the game of baseball the right way and uh, just respecting the game. And, you know, really it sounds simple, but, but that's kind of been the recipe here. And, um, you know, I think it speaks for itself. Absolutely. Fantastic uh, history at Cal State Fullerton. No question about that. So just really given your experience in scouting and recruiting and thinking about kind of our core audience, I mean, what is it really, what, what is it that you're looking for in regards to key qualities and attributes that could really make a successful college baseball prospect? I think there's two parts. There's the physical part. Um, you know, we're looking for the tools. We're looking for the run, the throw, the speed, you know, the accuracy, um, power, contact, you know, all those things that you can see with your eyes. But then we're also looking for the intangibles, you know, and that's the work ethic. That's the makeup, you know, how you treat your teammates, how you, you know, not only your teammates, but the, the staff, you know, your coaches, your teachers, you know, all that stuff is factored in when we're looking for future Titans. And, you know, I think a lot of programs – um, would would say the same. You want guys that are, you know, pulling from the same rope and that, you know, have the same goals in mind while at the same time obviously being competitive and wanting to play and, and those things, but also um, just understanding what it takes for a team. You know, it takes every guy on our, on our roster and it's not, you know, just the starting guy because um, you never know who's going to come in and pitch a big meaningful inning in Omaha or – uh, get a big hit in a regional. So it takes everyone. Um, you know, we preach that a lot, but, you know, also I think the academics, you know, that's another um, factor that we look at. So it's not just, you know, your batting average, everyone thinks, you know, you're looking at stats. Yeah, that's a piece of it. But at the end of the day, you're looking for well-rounded people, um, athletes, and, you know, that fit the mold. And if they, you know, if we do find red flags that, hey, that they, they don't go to class, they treat people, you know, they're very disrespectful, they have off the field issues, um, we're going to pass on that type of player. Hey, to everyone that's listening, just thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the support of Now D1. And again, thank you for the support of Josh Belovsky. We absolutely appreciate it. If you did get in late this evening, don't worry about it. We record this space. And one of the reasons that we record it is so that we can retweet it out later in its entirety and you'll be able to hear the entire interview. And again, we're with Cal State Fullerton assistant coach, uh, Josh Belovsky. And let me ask you, saying that, hey, this is your second year there. Kind of give us a sense of what are you guys looking at this year? You feeling pretty confident going into the season? Yeah, we're, we're very excited. Um, you know, you always are, you know, looking at what you have and evaluating it. Um, I think that's what the fall is for to evaluate. We have a lot of new players. We have a lot of young players. Um, you know, when we came in, um, a lot of recruiting's done a year or two ahead. So this is really the first year that, you know, we have 
our recruiting class that we built from top to bottom. So we're excited um, to see what they can do. And, and, you know, they have challenges ahead of them and, you know, they know what's at stake. Uh, they know what this program's about and what they signed up for. And, um, you know, like I said, we're excited to evaluate them this fall and, and there's a lot of opportunities and jobs to be won. So it's going to be, we expect a really competitive fall. Um, you know, we're excited to see, these guys in action and we we get to inner squad on friday and saturday so i'm excited it's just amazing how quickly it comes every year that's good stuff man so kind of thinking about you and the way you transition back i mean you were a scout i think you said for right at 15 years or so and, and what what really led you to kind of transition from that experience of scouting back into coaching and and then once you did that, how do you think you're really going to be able to position yourself and leverage the skills that you have as a, gosh, a former major league scout to really be able to identify talent and to be able to help promote that talent as well? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, um, you know, it doesn't change from a scouting perspective. You know, I run into a lot of my, my former, you know, colleagues and, and scouts and, you know, they scout our players. So, um, you know, when we're out looking for players for Cal State Florida, and it doesn't really change. I, I still have, you know, looking for the type of players that I would for the Milwaukee Brewers. But, you know, obviously, um, you're not going to get a lot of those guys. But at the same time, you know, you need to be able to project and, um, you know, kind of see into the future, so to speak, of what these guys are really going to be. Um, and the transition, honestly um, – it was a little different because now I'm doing, you know, some different administrative stuff and housing and admissions and, and different things that I hadn't done, you know, before I was writing a lot of reports on players and, um, you know, having meetings and different things like that. But I think the transition has been pretty good. I mean, I had a coaching background. I been on the field, um, you know, even throughout my time with the Brewers, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people are familiar with the area code games, the Brewers we had, and they still do have um, the Southern California team. So I used to manage that team and, um, you know, run the trials for that and select the team. So I was still getting some on the field um, time and in the dugout. And uh, we also ran a scout team out there. So um, I think being on the field was something that I still got a little taste of, but at the same time, um, being back in uniform and being back on the field wasn't really that much of a that far removed for me. Absolutely. And can I ask you how you came back to Cal State Fullerton? I mean, it's just incredible. That's where you ended up getting your undergraduate degree and then had the opportunity to go and coach there. I mean, what was was it something that just kind of fell into your lap and it just seemed like the timing was right? Or how did that come about? Yeah, I would say um, a bit of timing, but also a relationship that I had with, with Coach Dietrich. Um, him and I, when I was a junior college coach at Orange Coast College, he was at Irvine Valley. Uh, so we, you know, ran into each other a lot um, out on the recruiting trail and also competed against each other. And, um, you know, we were recruiting a lot of the same players and kind of had those battles and just built a, you know, really good friendship throughout the years. And then, you know, I, I followed him around and he was previously the pitching coach here at Cal State Fullerton when I was scouting. So I would, you know, talk to him about information about players and 
Um, and then he went to the University of Oregon with Coach Horton, and I was actually doing the West Coast uh, for the Brewers at that point. So I would see him throughout Oregon. And then, um, you know, he w- went out to East Carolina. We obviously stayed great friends. And then when he got the job uh, to be the head coach, um, you know, he reached out and asked me if that was something I'd be interested in. And he was putting together a list of names and, um, you know, he wanted to see if that was even something I would entertain. So kind of went from there, but, um, yeah, I'm just fortunate, you know, that we had that relationship and you just never know where, you, where this game can bring you. And, um, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned throughout my time in baseball is, you know, relationships are a big piece of it and, you know, just treating people well and um, getting to know people can, can, you know, help out in the long run. Amen. I was just sitting here the whole time you were think, talking. I just kept thinking how incredible it is. Baseball is really all about relationships. You know, I mean, thinking back to your career, I mean, the stops that you had right after your prep career and, and went into college, I mean, four different stops. I'm, I'm sure you had an opportunity probably during that period of time and while you were in high school, you probably interacted with lots of college coaches. You know what I mean? And and maybe it, those relationships at that time didn't work out, but who knows what's going to come along later. And I think it's just so important, again, just kind of thinking about our audience and the way you brought it up earlier, Coach Belusky, about makeup and just the way you treat people. I think it's absolutely key as an uncommitted prospect to to really treat people in an upstanding, certainly coaches, just in an upstanding manner with as much professionalism as you can. Because I got to tell you, if you're a high-end athlete, don't ever look down on a, on a division that you think is below you because you never know where that coach may end up the next year or two years or wherever. I think you just need to treat everybody with the, gosh, with the honor that you can and just realize the, how fortunate you are to be in a position to play a great game like baseball. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I sat back and, you know, I look at my path and at the time I'm like, man, I'm bouncing around and this is probably not a great look and, you know, n- nothing because of anything I did, but now, you know, after I got to, you kind of sit back and reflect on things and, and I was fortunate to be around so many good baseball minds. And at the time I didn't realize, <laughs> but, um, you know, like I said before, I was able to, you know, take something from, this coach and that coach and, um, you know, just learn a lot of different stuff and, and kind of, you know, make it into my own, but, um, you know, you just never know. And that's one thing I've always learned in life is that, you know, um, you just, you you don't know what's ahead of you. You think, you know, you think you have it all figured out, planned out, but, um, especially in the game of baseball, things are changed and, you know, um, I have a lot of friends that are in pro ball and, and in college baseball and you know unfortunately they lose jobs and you know they can get connected through some relationship or somebody knows somebody and might get you an interview just um so that's why you just never know and and just always like you said um you know you might be at one level and then the next year um you're playing for somebody that you you know didn't think you were going to play for no question, man. This is just an awesome night, man. Just thank you so much, Coach, for hopping on. Absolutely appreciate it. This is really fantastic information. I know you're going to touch a lot of families out there. And, and hey, man, I just absolutely appreciate you being on here. One thing that, you know, it was really interesting when we were kind of talking about you transitioning from being a scout to a coach. 
you were kind of talking about the players that potentially you would recruit. Heck, you know how to scout. And, and, you know, one of the things, I think the way you kind of phrased it, it was almost like when you were scouting for the major leagues, you were really kind of scout, scouting the talent that they have today. And I think with, with recruiting a little bit in the college levels, you kind of made the point. It's like, where could they be? You know, what, what might they turn into or where are they going to end up? There's, there's a lot of projection that kind of goes into that as well. With that in mind, well, you know, what, just kind of give us some insight into player development. You know, like what's the expectation for a high school guy when he gets on the college, in, on the college campus, college field? I mean, how is he really going to be developed by the coaches and so forth? Uh, you know, that's, that's something we pride ourselves in. I think this program's always done a good job. If you look, I mean, we've had 72 major leaguers here at Cal State Fullerton and, you know, more and more are going to show up, but um, they didn't come in as, you know, highly touted guys, but they learn, like I said, the game of baseball and they pay attention to detail and do the little things that I think, you know, it's, it's crazy how if you watch MLB, you know, it's changed a lot with, you know, all this data and all this analytics. And, um, you know, I think they went away from fundamental baseball, but now in the playoffs, I'm seeing it show up a lot more. I'm seeing bunts, I'm seeing steals, I'm seeing guys hit behind runners, um, you know, just a lot more situational, which is great to see because that's really, you know, the basis of our game and, and how it's always kind of been played. But, um, you know, I think those are the things that are, are going to be, you know, demanded and implemented. And that's how you get better as you rep out, you know, you do the fundamentals on a daily basis and, you know, you just emphasize it and, and continue to work on it, you know, along with obviously getting in the weight room, getting stronger, you know, working on the mental game. That's another piece that a lot of people do not, um, you know, focus on enough is, um, this game's really hard, and if you don't have the mental capacity or the, um, you know, just able to brush things off, and you just carry it around with you, you know, it's gonna it's gonna weigh on you. So, um, yeah, just working the fundamentals and continually work every day. Work, work, work. Practices is, is key. It's good stuff. Again, everybody that's joining, thank you so much for being here. We absolutely appreciate your support. I mentioned earlier that we record this space so that we can retweet it out. We also record it because we turn it into a podcast, and that podcast is Now D1 Speaks. And it is available on every platform imaginable from YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, all the independents. It's out there. And I got to tell you, it's, it's actually gotten quite popular. It's a pretty good little forum. We really have an opportunity to match uncommitted prospects with college coaches. Gives them an opportunity to, to hear from coaches like we're hearing tonight and also for the coaches to be able to have an opportunity to hear from prospects. And one of the things that we really focus on with the prospects is not so much their, their uh, achievements on the field. It really is all about their makeup and what it is that they're doing as coach mentioned earlier, it's really, you know, what kind of person are they when they face adversity on the field? How do they treat their coach? How do they treat their teammates? What are they doing in the weight room? What are they doing in the classroom? And I think it just gives these prospects an opportunity to really put at ease the, some of the, the doubts a coach may have. Uh, if a college coach comes to watch you play, I will guarantee you they know you know how to play baseball. The one thing they may be concerned about is what are you going to do when you're not on the field? And I think now D1 Speaks just kind of gives these guys a little bit of an opportunity to say, hey, I know how to handle my business off the field. 
so that when we get on the field, coach, we can worry about winning baseball and just getting better. Hey, again, Cal State Fullerton assistant coach Josh Belusky is with us tonight. He's doing a fantastic job. Just really appreciative of him being here. Let me, let me ask you something about Cal State Fullerton again. Just kind of give us, hey, you completed last year. Just kind of give, the, the, again, our core audience, just kind of a sense of what's the day-to-day life like for a student athlete in season? What, what are they going through? In season is, is wild. Um, you know, we play weekend series, so you play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday is usually off, um, and then you play a Tuesday game. So, um, you know, and then you turn around and, you know, practice Wednesday and Thursday. And then depending on travel, we're fortunate, you know, we're more of a, a commuter league where, you know, we don't have a lot of long trips. Um, you know, we usually try to go somewhere, um, you know, where we can challenge ourselves. And we went to TCU last year and we go to Hawaii every other year. But um, for the most part, um, and then you're trying to balance school. So, um, you know, in the fall is you can kind of, the freshmen really get challenged, um, you know, with the workload of school and also, you know, the baseball. But in the spring, it's a different animal because, you know, you're out on that field uh, quite a bit playing games and late nights, you know, with Tuesday night games, and you might have a test the next day. So you got to learn how to balance. You got to learn how to, you know, have good time management skills. So we really emphasize on that. And, uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an adjustment. You'll see the, the freshmen struggle a little bit, but, um, you know, usually they come around and, and figure things out, but, um, you know, it's not just some walk in the park. You got to be able to, to balance your life a little bit. Good stuff, man. Thank you for walking through that. And let me ask you also, how can a prospect really get on your radar? And and I, I'm thinking about a couple of things. I mean, hey, you obviously know how to scout, but you can only go to so many baseball games. I mean, you, you can't get to every game every day. It, you have to have some really trusted relationships, again, that, that you count on. And then I'm sure you also have some camps where you can put eyes on people doing things that you necessarily want them to do. But what would it take really for a guy to get on your radar? And then at the same time, maybe what's a couple of red flags or one red flag that the guys really need to be careful about so that, you know, they, they are the type of person that you're attracted to. Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, there's a lot of events out there that we cover. Um, and then there's a lot that we can't, um, you know, we just ended a recruiting cycle where we are not allowed to go out until March 1st. So we cannot go off campus and evaluate. We can have, like you said, we can have prospect camps, team camps where um, players are able to come and attend and we're able to have them on campus and evaluate there. Um, so I would, you know, if Division One baseball is a goal, you know, know that recruiting calendar. It's available on the NCAA website um, and it gives you all the dates um, because there's, you know, a lot of, money makers out there and there's no coaches that can be there. There can be other levels. I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but for division one, um, just, you know, if that's what you're looking for, just know that recruiting calendar. Um, but the other thing is, you know, we, we kind of work off lists that we're going to see specific players at a lot of these events. And um, we know there's a lot of other good players that we may see. So we go talk to coaches um, you know, we, like you said, we have a network 
of people that we trust. And, you know, there's alumni that call us. There's, you know, former scouts that I know that reach out. There's um, advisors. There's a ton of people that want to help and want to give information um, about players. There's, you know, recruiting services. Um, you know, there's there's a ton of ways to get it. And obviously, there's social media. There's Twitter. Um, you know, we'll scroll through that. And if a video catches our eye, I get tons of emails um, daily. So there's a bunch of avenues to get on the radar, um, you know, and it could come down to we have certain needs. So, um, you know, if we're full on pitching for a certain recruiting class, you may be a really good pitcher, but we just don't have a need at the time. So uh, we may take the name down. Um, you know, we may follow up if something happens where, you know, an injury or someone, you know, doesn't pull their weight academically. Um, but yeah, a lot of times it's not that we don't like certain players. It's just, you know, there's maybe necessarily, we don't have a need in that area. Um, so that comes down to it as well. Um, and any red flags would probably just, you know, be a guy that is, you know, not carrying himself well in the field. He just kind of big leagues at it out, doesn't, you know, hustle, um, bad body language, um, you know, and unfortunately sometimes parents could ruin it for a kid as well. Cause you know, they're just bringing unwanted attention to them. And, um, that could be a red flag. A parent just screaming at a kid and, um, it's not the end all be all, but it definitely grabs our attention and, and, you know, we'd have to definitely dig into that more. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. And this question, I got to tell you, it's really kind of along the same lines, but I'd, I'd feel remiss if I didn't ask you about it. And you've already touched on so many of the, the aspects anyway, but I'm just thinking about the overall landscape of recruiting and how much it's changed in just the last couple of years. Almost the, as soon as you hit Cal State Fullerton you know, last year, I mean, so much changed. I mean, the contact period, as you alluded to earlier for Division One, that changed. Uh, the transfer portal from just a couple of years ago really changed the dynamic of the game tremendously. And, and really, if you go back even a couple of more years, that COVID, you know, creating certainly five-year players, but six-year players as well, that had a tremendous impact. And um, so as I kind of think about all of, all of these pieces that are happening, what kind of advice could you potentially maybe give uncommitted prospects and their families to kind of just help them na navigate just the overall recruiting landscape right now? Yeah, that, there is a lot going on. Um, you know, we're still daily dealing with it and trying to figure out what's the best way to attack it. Um, you know, we have guys currently on our team and, you know, we think that they're a senior, but they have another year of eligibility. So, you know, we're, we're trying to make sure we know our team. And, um, you know, secondly, we're, we're out there trying to, you know, navigate through all those things you said, the transfer portal, um, you know, the COVID. And I think the other thing that um, has impacted college baseball as well is there's only a 20-round 20 20 draft. There's not as many minor league positions available. We've had several players that in the past would have been great, you know, organizational players, senior signs, but there's just not a place for those guys anymore. There's no not enough room. So that – um, in itself is impacting um, college baseball. So I, as a player and a family, um, you know, be patient, um, keep working, find a level that you can play at. 
Um, I know, you know, a lot of people look at junior college like it's below them, but I was a junior college player, junior college coach, and it still allowed me to get to the Division One level, which was the ultimate goal, and even beyond that, pro ball. But um, if I wouldn't have done that, um, you know, I probably wouldn't have gotten to where I have. So um, I know everybody wants to go Division One, but everyone's path is different. You need to play, in my opinion, to continue to grow and develop. If you're not playing, um, you know, it's hard to do that. So find a level that you've, you can continue to develop. And we recruit out of junior college. Um, you know, the portal, like you mentioned, we've used it um, some to fill some needs. But um, our goal and our philosophy is to have guys here for three to four years um, and develop them. We don't want to be shopping in the portal every year. It's not as um, appealing and great. I think there's more guys in it still than um, care to be. So um, that's really not going to be, you know, the landscape that we want to we want to work through. But um, you know, every program's different, and I, you know, just do your homework on each place and you know what what potentially their needs are and um, you know how they recruit, who they recruit. Man, what great advice all the way around. And I got to tell you something that really jumped out at me was, man, look for a place that you can play at. Because I think I've heard somebody say in the past, and it's such wise words, that the real objective of playing college baseball is playing college baseball. So I, I think that's fantastic advice. And, and I mean, you can, you can progress in your career literally at any level, but you want to go somewhere where you can absolutely play. So, man, this is just really, really good advice. And, again, this has been a great night, man. I can't thank you enough for hopping on. I mean, I know you're in the middle of a very, very busy week. Hey, you're three days into it. You're talking about inner squads that are coming up. I, I know from our, our pre-conversation here, man, you're sitting in the, sitting in the office. And uh, just to take time to really have a great conversation and just kind of go over some very important details for guys that are out there trying to figure out how to get to the next level. That's big stuff, man. And I just can't thank you enough. And uh, Hey man, I hope you've enjoyed this evening as well. No, it's been great. You know, if I, I, I know I was in those seats and wanting to play and continue to play just because I love this game and it's given me so much opportunity. And, um, you know, I pinch myself every day that I've been able to make a living, you know, in this game. So if I can give any advice or help one person out there, you know, I, I, Definitely relish in that. Man, we certainly appreciate that. And let, maybe we ought to wrap it up with maybe that one last, uh, one last question here. As, as I'm kind of thinking about really young guys, maybe, maybe guys that are just entering their freshman year of high school. And uh, you know what? They're really good ball players, and they want to be good for as long as they can be good. What kind of advice would you give them now that would probably set them up for as much success as they can have? I think just never be satisfied. Um, continue to work. If you have dreams and goals, I mean, just continue to chase them. I mean, um, you know, I, I always look back and, um, you know, I was cut my freshman year in high school baseball. And, you know, as devastating as I was, that just made me want to work harder and uh, prove people wrong. So, um, you know, sometimes – Doors are going to be shut, but you got to bust through them and you just got to keep grinding, keep working, never be satisfied. Like I said, um, you know, if, if there's a dream and there's a goal, you know, just continue to chase them. And if you, if you get to that goal or dream, you know, don't be satisfied with that. 
you know, get on to the next one. So, um, and I think, you know, a lot of kids that are good and, and do, you know, maybe commit early and, and that'll slow down as well. Um, just because with the new rules, but, you know, you'd see a lot of kids commit when they're eighth grade, ninth grade, um, you know, and then they just kind of stayed the same. I think they lost that desire and that hunger and, you know, maybe that was the goal just to commit, but, um, I don't think just committing is, should be the goal. Um, you know, it should be, you know, wanting to be an impactful player and, um, you know, winning player. Man, thank you, Coach Belusky. And I got to tell you, that is fantastic advice. Here's somebody that's talking about being cut his freshman year to graduating high school at 6'3", 165, throwing 82, 83 miles an hour, goes through two junior colleges, progresses to Texas Tech, ends up at the University of Kansas, takes a step back, goes into independent ball, does a little bit of coaching on the side, and then ends up going into the into the major leagues with the Red Sox. And, oh, by the way, at that time, he's 6'3", 200 pounds, and throwing mid low to mid-90s. I mean, that just – that's really, really remarkable. And I, I know people that are listening to you understand what you're talking about. You lived it. You went through. This isn't advice that you're just giving from an ivory tower. This was your life, man. You absolutely did it. And I know that you are, you, you're going to connect with a lot of people tonight, man. And I just really absolutely appreciate it. And I wish you nothing but the best of success. And I wish nothing but the best of success for Cal State Fullerton, too. I think they're in great hands. And, man, I think they had a – a big turnaround even last year. And I think you guys are just going to keep going on the up and up. And, uh, and I'll tell you, I'll end it with this, man. I hope we're able to stay in touch as well. And, and maybe next year or something like that, man, maybe if you can come back on and give us a little refresher as well, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Alan. I really appreciate it. And, you know, it's great what you're doing for, you know, young baseball players and, um, giving them information and giving them a platform. And I think it's awesome what you're doing as well. Man, thank you for the kind words. And I, I tell you what, I can't think of a better way to end it than that. So with that, thank you for everybody that dialed in. Thank you again, Coach Belusky. And we're going to say good night. Hey, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dominate at the plate this season? Blast Baseball is the number one hitting improvement solution, trusted by more major league, college, and travel ball teams than any other. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Metrics are automatically sent to a smartphone app, generating insights that allow you to analyze and improve your hitting like never before. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 and you will save $25 at checkout. Unlock your potential with Blast. Blast.